Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will empower you to become the confident leader to take your business or your life to the next level. Today, I am excited to have Liz Wolf as a guest. And let me tell you a little bit about Liz. So she is a business coach who got her entrepreneurial start growing up on a sheep farm in Western Pennsylvania. Later, she moved to New York City to get as far away from the farming life as possible. Amen. She started her business with her husband 25 years ago and is a coach for individuals to get unstuck so they can launch and grow an abundant business. She also plays the ukulele and is half of the singing duo Eucalyptus. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I th- at first, whenever you said Western Pennsylvania, I thought you were going to say that you do the squeeze box because oh. I've, I've got friends that do that too, but no, or we could go out into a polka anytime. Um, right. <laughs> I'm with you there. I definitely know how to do the polka. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Our theme today is going to be the three keys to an abundant business. Please join me in welcoming my guest, Liz Wolf. Welcome, Thank Liz. You. Thank you so much. Thank you. So we gave a secret as to where you were living, but where do you live now? Where do you call home? Yeah, I live in New York City. And I went to college in Connecticut. And after college, I said, well, I could go back to Pittsburgh, which is where I grew up, and go back to the farm, because it still did exist at that time, or move to New York City, which seemed a lot more exciting. (laughs) And so that's what I did. I moved here. And uh, eventually, I met my husband, who was actually a New York City native. He grew up in Queens. Uh He has no no interest in going anywhere else. So Mm -hmm. we started a business together. And here we are, still in New York. So my youngest daughter went to Savannah College of Art and Design for Uh, fashion and film and she did a fashion stint as an intern in um out of manhattan and she lived in brooklyn for three months and flatbush for three months so i got to visit new york uh quite a lot for that six months yeah it's interesting that you mentioned your children because as soon as i said that i said what's even funnier is the way I grew up was completely different than the way my kids grew up because both of my kids grew up in New York City. And so they were all <laughs> completely independent and, and going on the subway and moving around. So they they had a completely different, for me to get anywhere, you had to get in the car, you had to drive someplace. I actually rode a horse quite a bit to get around. As a matter of fact, I knew how to ride a horse better than I knew how to ride a yeah. bike. Yep, yep. Yeah. So my uh, daughter, though, was born in Atlanta and was after six months, she the internship ended and she had 
potential to work for some larger companies in New York. And she's like, no, bring me on home. <laughs> <laughs> she did not want to stay there any longer, but I love New York. I, I don't know if I would want to live there, but I do love visiting there. I think it's awesome. So why are you passionate about helping entrepreneurs? What's your backstory? Yeah, that's a great question. And as I mentioned, my uh, getting my entrepreneurial start uh, as a sheep farm, when the the backstory is, is that my mother, my parents were divorced after a certain amount of time of living on the farm. My mother was not raised as a farmer. She grew up in New Jersey. And so when she bought this farm, and then when she got divorced, you know, this is in the late 60s, early 70s. Wow. So there weren't, there wasn't such a thing as women farmers. There were farmers' wives, who yes. of course were also farmers, but there was, there were no women that owned land. And, yeah. and, and of course we were in cattle country, dairy country, and here we had these sheep. So we were kind of an anomaly. <laughs> and my mother had out of, basically out of a necessity, had to create a business and we sold sheepskin slippers and we spun the wool and she learned how to shear the sheep and we were on a lot of tv shows and in newspapers and things and we created this cottage industry but she never found any financial success with that mm -hmm. and even though there's it was such a rich life to be living such a wonderful rich life you know i had a horse i rode a horse every day uh among other things she never had business success and so I have always, the, the passion comes out of, if she had had some guidance, if I had been able to coach her, if I knew now what I knew, or you know what I mean? If I knew that, no, I, no. <laughs> I could have helped in a different way. And I really see how, especially not just women, because men struggle a lot too, but solopreneurs, people who are on their own have ideas and want to expand on those ideas and see financial success. And it's very important to me to be able to share my knowledge of my success and how I got here with people who are struggling. And I, you know, sadly can't go back and do that for my mom, but hopefully we'll lead the legacy on for future. So I'm assuming she ended up selling the farm. She did indeed. She declared bankruptcy and mm -hmm. she sold the farm and that was the end of that. And just a quick side note, that's a big fracking area now in yeah. Western Pennsylvania where that is very big fracking. So we were sitting on a pot load. Not that I necessarily would have chosen that, but uh, it's it's been quite interesting to see how it's changed economically in that area mm -hmm. for the farmers because of this. So, but we had no knowledge or you know that didn't exist at that time yeah yeah so yes that farm is long gone mm. so what is the system that you share with um your coaching and and how does it have the biggest impact in in with the people you serve well so much of the mindsets of entrepreneurs especially earlier on is about is a scarcity based mentality. It's, I don't have enough clients. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough leads. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough knowledge. I'm There's so many ways in which we have this scarcity mindset. So it's very important to me to share with my clients and, and everyone on my mailing list and beyond uh, and all my videos is about how to shift your mindset from this scarcity mentality to an abundance mindset, which is why I say 
I coach entrepreneurs to get unstuck so that they can launch and grow an abundant business. Because even if you have a tremendous financial success or even moderate financial success, if you're living in a state of scarcity that you still don't have enough time or you're overwhelmed, you will have this, you won't have an abundant experience. And that Mm -hmm. I think ultimately is what people are searching for. So I have created what I call the three keys to an abundant business in which is in direct um, an answer to what is commonly thought of as how you would have to be successful in business. So the big three people talk about all the time is you have to manage your time well, you have to not procrastinate and you have to be disciplined and all that. You also have to know the right people. You have Mm -hmm. to have good networking. And the third one is an alignment with the first one, which is that uh, around discipline, which is that you, you kind of have to be a mover and a shaker. You have to have, um, you know, you have to huge following and you have all this big, big vision of what you mm-hmm. want and have this. So the problem people run into is that they don't have those things when they're starting out. And so you have this sense of always being behind the eight ball, always lacking, because then you go to a million networking events, try to meet the right people. And then you still don't. So then you feel bad because you don't meet the right people. Or let's say you don't have good time in management or you're not disciplined or you don't want to work really, really hard. That's another one. It's like, oh, I have to work really hard. (laughs) So I'm, I'm all for all of that stuff. Like I consider all those things to be tools in your toolbox. However, they are all things that are outside of your realm of control. Mm -hmm. So as an antidote to that, the steps to the keys to an abundant business are to ask powerfully, to give wholeheartedly, Mm. and to receive graciously. And each one of those things has, of course, I can go deeper into an explanation about, but all of those are within your realm of control. You can always Mm. ask. You can mm-hmm. always give and you can always receive. Wow. That's awesome. And it's a great way positively to think of things because I do think that we tend to go right away to the woe was me, you know, negative Nelly kind of thing. And we forget about that we are the master of our means. Yes. <laughs> so how do you get started? Um on this entrepreneurial journey, you you talked about, you know, some people know what they are going to do. They, they have the tools in their toolbox and some people go into this without anything, but an idea. So That's how do right. you coach those kind of people? Well, for one thing, the, the first thing you need to know is what, what am I doing? What's my vision? That's another, the, the coaching program is based on this system of number one, what's your vision? How mm-hmm. do you, what do you want? Many of us are not clear, or if we, there's a lot of ways that entrepreneur, entrepreneurs um, get around asking this question in a very specific way, which by the way, relates directly to the asking powerfully. When I say powerfully, I mean specifically. So Mm -hmm. people will say, I wanna make a million dollars, which is me too. I wanna make a million (laughs) dollars too, but it's not this year, for instance. Uh, Or they say, I really wanna help people. I really, I I just love people and I wanna help them. I wanna make an impact. These are all the buzzwords that you hear. 
So we have to know what is your vision. Mm -hmm. And because out of that, we need a strategic plan. Mm -hmm. Now, I've never met an entrepreneur, no matter how little they've gotten into their, whether they're like completely, I've, I don't even know what I'm doing here too. I've been in my business five years or 10 years or 20 years. I've never met an entrepreneur that I didn't ask the question. So what's on your to do? What's on your action list? Let's make an action list that didn't have some answer to that question. Sometimes the list is very, very long, but the problem is, is not strategic. So we all, I mean, I got a whole whiteboard filled over here that hope, luckily you can't see full of things <laughs> that I could be doing at any given moment. But once we're clear about the vision, then we need to know what's the strategy. And yeah. this is where people get lost because they don't know what to work on because they could work on anything. It's there. It's like, dude, look at us. We just, I got all day free. And then you get to the end of the day and you're like, wait, I didn't do anything today. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. And it isn't that you didn't. I've also never met an entrepreneur that didn't work hard, try, you know, put the effort in. It's, I never talk to people who say I slept all day. I never, I never talk to people. Now I'm sure those people are out there, but I don't talk. They're not calling you. They're not calling me. Because <laughs> you're gonna make them work, right? Because I'm gonna say, what's your plan? What's the what? What's your vision? What's your plan? What's your strategy? Which is what I work on with people, obviously. That that's a big part of what I do for newer entrepreneurs. Is people will often say to me, "I don't really know what to do," or "I I know tons of stuff to do, but I don't know which one is what should I work on first. So obviously, mm -hmm. I help people with that. Wow. So, what is the turning point for you during the years that really has? put that focus on how you want to run your business? You know, was it this looking at your mom and her situation or what was that, that moment that you said, this is what I'm meant to do? Hmm. So what's interesting about scarcity is it's actually a pretty big motivator. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when you don't have enough money to pay the bills or, you don't have enough clients. You can get a lot more serious about your business when, when you're. It's it's not a great uh, it's not a great strategy, but it can be a motivator. And I, what's so interesting is my father worked for Westinghouse in Pittsburgh for forty three years. The same job. I'm sure his tasks changed, but he had the same job for forty three years. Very happy doing it. And my mother, I don't even, you know, nobody talked about being an entrepreneur. It was like, we got to create something here so that we could make money and pay so the we bills, could pay the bills right? The electric <laughs> bill. She would yell at us if we left lights on, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so yes, eat, et cetera. So I came into my adult life being really familiar with both worlds, you know, the, the steady rock of my father of being a good provider and my mother's creative energy around that. So I tried both, but I never lasted in full-time jobs very long. Sometimes it was one of those things where it was perfect that I didn't, you know, they changed the structure or the business or something, but I never lasted very long. I mean, me more than a year because I always had a drive to do my own thing, to be more right. creative. And so I learned a lot from being in those corporate worlds, 
And one of the things I learned is I didn't want to be in the corporate world. Mm. <laughs> so I was doing it on my own. But the turning point was when I got married and I was doing actually software training and consulting. And I, this was like, I don't know, mid nineties, I guess it was. And I, my husband had one of those jobs where, re remember this, where you would talk on the phone you would, oh, you would actually, yeah. Yeah, remember that <laughs> yeah people would talk on I still have one right on my desk you never talk on it but um, <laughs> he is to this day just one of these guys that just can get on the phone and just call people all day long does sales so I convinced him to quit his job to come work with me so that we and we grew this software consulting business together doing CRM which is customer mm -hmm. relationship management mm -hmm. software so I loved technology when I felt like it was making a difference for people, but because te teaching and learning people at that time really was life transforming for people, you know, yeah. to learn yeah. Excel or to, to organize their whole business. So I got a little tired of the tech though. And I decided I only wanted to focus on coaching entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and, and to be on the, being on that teaching and coaching side. Yeah. Now it was a difficult transition to get out of basically a partnership that I have. I mean, we still work together. We still have a business. It's just sitting right over there <laughs> in the other room. Uh, but there was a bit of a separation time there where I felt like I was abandoning him, even though I was still living in the same house. And because that it was me wanting to pursue a different, you know, something that I was passionate about. I've always been very interested in mindset and personal development and seeing how that really can impact people. That's it. That is the third part of yeah. the vision strategy mindset. Without that, yeah. you, you have to deal with that mindset or you're going to, because that's the biggest stop that people yeah. get. And I had my own challenges with that. So we figured it out. And now this is all I do is coach entrepreneurs other than play my ukulele. <laughs> is he the other half of the duo? No, no, no. That's pretty <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a good, good friend of mine named Gene. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, no, he, he never heard the word ukulele before he met me. <laughs> Not from New York. <laughs> no, he... He, and then, of course, you know, every Christmas after that, I was like, but I should get this ukulele. He was like, you already have one. I'm like, but I need two. Now it's fine. <laughs> but, um, you know, no. So but he, he's, great, he's a great supporter of it, though. He loves that's, it. That's good. Do some rapid fire real quick here. What yes. is something that you had to overcome in your business that would be a good life lesson for others? Well, the one I was just referring to was a really big one. Thank you for bringing that back up. You know, remember when my parents got divorced, there was definitely my mother was pursuing her dreams. And my father was this, you know, stalwart guy who was just wanted to have a family and a marriage. And so when I started to separate the myself from that, mm -hmm. I really was concerned about the impact that it would have on my marriage. Yeah. And luckily it didn't, we worked through it, but that was a, a, a big, then, you know, it's 10, 12 years ago now that I've completely moved from one to the other. Yeah. That was a very big emotional experience. And I think it's, you know, just not on your spouse too. Like, you know, I, like you, I had spent over 40 years in corporate world 
And so then when I retired, I, I think the expectation was that I would be just like my husband, you know, uh, uh, picking up golf and watching Netflix. Yeah. And unlike that, I chose to continue to do things that I loved. And so people all around you don't always understand that thinking, well, why, you know, why are you doing this? But um, so there's always that feeling, I think, that you have to explain yourself. Yes, yes. Well, I think that's a really good example of what you just said, is that not everybody wants the same things. And sometimes it does impact the other partner. Mm-hmm. For sure. So what would you say is most helpful mm-hmm. to people when they say they feel stuck? So what words of wisdom come out of your mouth when they say, oh, God, Liz, I am so stuck. I yeah. just don't know what to do next. Yeah. So here's how I prioritize. I ask people to prioritize because again, you probably have some of the stuckness comes from this feeling of overwhelm. Like it's, there's too open. I could do too much. So figuring that for the most part, people are wanting to generate more revenue in their business. I ask the question, what's the fastest path to cash? What activities on your list are the would will bring you the fastest cat path would be the fastest path to cash? Now it's not just about money; it's about doing productive activities. So uh, another example is who are your prospects? Who have you not followed up with? I I don't know anyone who has ever exhausted all the possibilities of people that even if it's a remote possibility that they Mm -hmm. could call that person up and go, whatever happened? Did you, did you ever buy that skincare product you thought you were going to buy? Or did you ever go skiing or what? I'm just making it up, right? You know, I'm starting a skiing lesson next week. And did you ever learn how to ski? You can Mm -hmm. always create relationship. That's the second thing you can Mm -hmm. always so if I don't have any things that are going to generate revenue for me, and by the way, posting on social media is not fast path <laughs> to cash, okay? It's important, but it, it's, okay, cancel, cancel. Maybe somebody's going to see your post and come to you and say, I want to work with you. Great. I'm not saying it can't happen, but I am saying that we spend a lot of time doing that kind of thing. So what about real real relationships? What about reaching out and setting up coffee dates? Something that I love to tell people to do is go to networking events. And uh, I don't actually go to them anymore for the most part, but they're really good for t- um, your pitch, honing your pitch, telling, mm-hmm. seeing what people but also just creating relationships, being in relationship with people. And there's a lot of stuff online too. You don't even have to leave your house. So it also kind of keeps you current too, because, you know, if you've been in business for a while, going into those situations, you can hear what are the current trends, things that people are talking about that you might need to freshen your little pitch a little. That's right. And you can listen to other people and what they're talking about. Just make sure you can get out of conversations that aren't productive to you so you don't spend the (laughs) 45 minutes talking to one person that's never going to buy from you. Been there. (laughs) Yes, haven't we all? Okay. um, It's really time now for us to go ahead and share my screen. 
if you enjoyed as much as I have talking with Liz about all of this and uh, about this idea of abundant business, then you're going to want to get the screenshot of this. If you're just listening, you can take down the information. I will give it orally to you, but you can find everything on my website, thefindyourleadershipconfidence.com or go to my YouTube, Vicki Nettling. The website for Liz is lizwolfcoaching.com. That's L-I-Z-W-O-L-F-E coaching.com. On Facebook, she's liz.wolf.10. LinkedIn, Liz Wolf Coach. Instagram, Liz Wolf Coach. On YouTube, just search for Liz Wolf, again, with that E at the end, W-O-L-F-E. I'm going to let Liz talk to you about her call to action. Go ahead, Liz. So I have a quiz that's uh, to help you learn whether or not you're wired for business success and to help you learn what your CEO style is. So your CEO leadership style. So there are four styles and it's very simple. LizWolfCoaching.com forward slash quiz. And actually, if you just go to Liz Wolf Coaching, you can get to the quiz right there. Uh, and it will help you to figure out when you feel stuck. Some of those things maybe it's just because of your working style. Mm -hmm. And maybe you're not the kind of person that just you might be a chief enthusiast officer who doesn't want to just sit and grind away all day. And so it's going to help you to learn and give you some information about your style. So I highly, and plus it's a fun little quiz to do. So highly recommend that you jump on and, and do that quiz. All right. And if you enjoyed uh, hearing what Liz has to say and you think, you know what, I really could use your help, Liz. You can go to lizwolfcoaching.com slash contact me and be able to set up a time to have a business strategy. So Liz, thank you so much for sharing all of your great tips and information today. I found it real helpful and I'm sure that the audience did as well. Thank you. You're very welcome. And as always, I remind everyone that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nettling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nettling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.